Howdy, everybody. Thank you all for listening to Empowered Wellness. We are your hosts. My name is Dr. Arleanne Scott with Artistry in Motion, Physical Therapy, and Wellness. And Dasha Mays, owner of Dasha Mays Trains, LLC. Food coach, inversion extraordinaire, full-time personal trainer, lifestyle coach, yoga teacher on the side, etc., etc. And we're here to bring the local Albuquerque, New Mexico community health and wellness resources. Bing bong! Our intro is brought to you by Josh Coleman with Duotronic Sound Studio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Empowered Wellness. We're super excited today. Our guest is Monica Cochonet. She is the owner of Body Language, which is a locally owned bar studio. You all are local to Albuquerque, which is super cool about you all. Um, so tell us about yourself, Monica. I know you have a really extensive background. I do. <laughs> yes. What do you do? How did you come about this? So it's kind of a very non-linear story. So my schooling, I'm an exercise science major, and then I mastered with my occupational therapy degree. So that was always goal number one. And then probably about in 2010, maybe? Yeah, it must have been 2010. I stumbled upon body language just as a place to work out. So that's how everything started. I liked doing the bar classes. I kind of got into cycling. Um, indoor cycling and so I just got to teach there eventually because I was like oh maybe I can have a free gym membership and I only taught a couple of times a week and I basically decided that was like my workout clothes purchase money so Mm -hmm. it was a win-win situation Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was just working full-time as an occupational therapist so with that degree um, I've tend to spend the majority of my time working with people with autism Um, So I've done pool therapy. The vast majority of it is I've worked at a clinic called Autism Specialist. So we see kids from two all the way up to like teenage years, 18 and above. Um, So I've been there forever and ever. And then I was an OT at Presbyterian Downtown, which is where I even met your your guy. Marcus. <laughs> yes, met Marcus. Shout out to, Shout out to Marcus. <laughs> um, I think he was coming on right he, when I was yeah. seeing my way out yeah. because then I became pregnant. Oh. And the goal was to go back to working full-time at Prez after having the kiddo. Um, and then through like a weird turn of events, mostly me sitting on the sideline, like watching and just wondering where I would fit into this. The owners of Body Language, um, it was Valerie and Woody Compton. They wanted to sell Body Language or close it or do something and kind of get the heck out of Albuquerque. And so they went a couple of different avenues and then all of their turns led them to me. And I got approached to first just manage the studio. They're like, Monica, we're leaving in two months. So you either agree to this plan, which sounds really threatening, but it wasn't. Um, We'll teach you everything we can in two months, but you'll basically be the the in-person response to all things body language. We'll maintain ownership, all of that good stuff. Um, and then you probably don't have to go back to work full time because like most moms, I was like, how am I going to leave my baby? Like all the things that come up with that. Um, so it was a little bit of a win-win for me. I got to 
go back to working more or less like part-time as an OT and then took on a role that I never imagined as owning body language. And it's been wonderful. It's been weird and lots of ups and certainly plenty of downs, but it's been, it's such a sweet community Mm -hmm. and they kind of accepted the transition of me becoming the owner pretty much without issue, which I think was kind of telling that it was just a good choice for the studio and for me. And yeah, I haven't really looked back. And so when people ask me like, okay, well, what does your work week look like? Or what does the week look like? I'm all, don't. Just tell me when you have available because I'll fit myself in there. Some days I go from six in the morning till eight at night. And other days I hang out with my kids or do PRN work or, you know, different Mm -hmm. things like that. So that in a very long how long ago was this when you took on body language so this coming september it will be five years for me very nice and i guess this august will be six years of just running it because they moved out of state um six years ago in august and then they were like here you go (laughs) don't burn the place down (laughs) so you took it on when covid happened it was before COVID. Before COVID. Yeah, so COVID's now we're like two and a half-ish years yeah. in. Yeah, no, when during I... During COVID, I During say, COVID, not, yes, not yes, yes. Yeah, no, I took it on, and it's funny because, again, the original owners who had started Body Language even a good seven or so years before me, seven to eight years before I took it over, they're like, we were we were the big fish in Albuquerque. Like we started, we've always maintained like this boutique feel, but other people weren't doing bar. Other people weren't doing cycling. Other people weren't doing rhythm cycling. Other people weren't doing TRX. And she's like, good luck because although I love them and it's healthy and it's good to see the growth in Albuquerque, there weren't all of these franchises or even just more boutique studios popping up. So they kind of left the game when they were at the top and then I've been bouncing along just yeah. trying trying to stay stay right there. And you've noticed that, that there's been a lot more boutiques opening up and a lot more gyms and a lot. Yeah, definitely a lot more, which um, we had just been talking about. Like I f- feel so much for the places that either opened right before COVID or in the midst of COVID because again, being around for so long and then just having such an amazing community, we got so fortunate that we had so many clients that were like, Monica, we want you to be open when you can be open. So in whatever capacity they could, they supported us. And even if that was a promise to come back when they could, maintaining a membership, just dropping like a random Venmo to the studio here and there. Like we were so, so fortunate. And that's definitely a lot of what helped get us to stay on our feet. And so in the pandemic, were you able to continue certain classes? Did you do a lot of virtual classes? Yes. When it was forbidden? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we um, right away kind of just jumped on in a very casual way because like Zoom was still this weird thing. I'm not tech savvy. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I know Facebook. So I created (laughs) like a private Facebook group um, that any member could become a part of people who weren't members. And again, I'm I tell myself, which kind of like toots my own horn I guess to an extent I'm like I'm a good person and a bad business owner because I'm like oh you want to take classes but you can't pay like that's fine just 
asked to join the group and it's fine. And so we ended up having a community of people like over a hundred people, some members, some friends and members, some random people that I just like, I don't know how they stumbled upon us, but we would, me and there was like a small group of people. Cause again, we're not technically supposed to be together and interacting. So it was like, okay, little COVID crew, we're going to come in and we're going to film like a 10 minute hit series and a 30 minute seat series and then a full spin class and and so we would just spend hours because my whole world outside of being a mother you know like a partner kind of stopped (laughs) so I was like I have hours to spend at the studio who's going to come with me so we did a lot of pre-recorded stuff then we would do some live stuff every Saturday morning in my backyard dogs children neighbors like cutting down trees we would do a live class which then that that was probably my favorite because it was relatable right like I get working out at home is not what any of us really want Mm -hmm. and yes like in the middle of doing a plank series my child would like come crying because some like something happened and so I'd be like you guys keep holding your plank I'm going to tend to this and it's like and I guarantee at some point your child your dog your partner your laundry something is going to interrupt your workout but we're kind of it made it feel more whole in yeah. a way to be like we're in this together mm-hmm. um, so we've kept the Facebook page up because why not and every so often we'll still add videos because we either have people who have moved away or they're still not entirely comfortable coming back to the studio or their lives, their work schedule, things have just changed. So there's like 80 plus videos on there that people can do if they want to and not do if they don't want to. Very cool. That's yeah. Cool. And you mentioned the community at, at Body Language and that's something that I really, that's one of the first things I noticed yeah. um, taking class there and just observing your all studio like on social media and stuff and I know some of your members as well and that's something that was definitely very apparent from the get-go and I think that speaks volumes about the community that you've created you fostered and you've been able to sustain so that's super cool that you all are such a family in the studio I appreciate that because that's number one I mean I guess working out is number one but and you should never feel cold. You yeah. should never feel, I mean, it can be hesitant no matter what you're walking into it, if it's your first try, but I would hate if somebody walked back out and was like, nobody talked to me, yeah. or I felt like I was being judged or I wasn't good enough. Like so many of these women, and we have a handful of like brave men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like they knew me when I was pregnant with my first daughter who is now six. And they've known me through another pregnancy. So, like, my kids are always there. It's just, it's a very um, comforting place for people, I feel like. And then on top of that, you get your booty handed to you in yep, our classes. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to talk more about that, Monica. So, for people who don't know what BART is, can you explain what BART is? And I know, you, like you said earlier, you, do, you all offer other things, too. You yeah. do spin. Um, you do TRX classes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So, Bar, everybody's like, drinking, not quite that. So it's B-A-R-R-E, and that's basically like the ballet bar. So when you look back to kind of where bar came from, um, a lot of dancers, especially ballet dancers, were encouraged to start taking Pilates um, just as a means for strengthening and for injury prevention and everything else. And they took basically what they were familiar with in dance and then what is very common in Pilates, and they merged it into this thing called bar. Um, 
So we do use a ballet bar. We use a lot of the like foot positions that you would hear in ballet, first, second, third, all of that. And then some of the other terminologies like releve and arabesque and different things along those lines, um, which can sound super intimidating. I am definitely not a dancer. <laughs> I am not, I can barely touch my toes sometimes, <laughs> some days out of the week. So that idea of like, I have to be flexible. I have to be graceful. Like, no, you can, you can be none of those things and still feel successful in bar. Kind of at its focus is higher repetition of really small movements. So you're kind of training for the endurance of the mm -hmm. muscle, um, as opposed to that just all out like brute strength. And then the benefits to that, especially with the smaller movements, is we can sometimes isolate into the smaller mu muscle groups mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily get to when you're lifting heavier weights or doing um, kind of larger movements. So we want you to get into a place that feels challenging and then layer more challenging things on top of that, which, again, is why it is extremely hard but beautifully modifiable as well. Mm -hmm. So... If something is uncomfortable when your knees are bent to a certain level, but less uncomfortable when you come up a little bit, then you just come up a little bit. If you'd rather do something with a flat foot rather, rather than like an elevated foot, then you can drop the heels and different things like that. So we like to kind of tout on it as a, a well-rounded, challenging, but accessible workout. And then, yeah, so that was, again, when Valerie started, she was Pilates and then it was bar, and then we did indoor cycling. And just as in the world, indoor cycling has kind of evolved, we were very much more like Tabata, traditional drill-based in the beginning. So sprint for this long, meet this RPM, climb the hill for this long, then have a recovery. Mm -hmm. And now um, it's a lot of that like rhythm riding is That's what people a lot call more it. Fun, I feel like, huh? I I'm like, how did I ever? And I was one of the last people at Body Language to start teaching, so we call it energy and RG. Um, I was one of the last instructors to like peel away from that more traditional form. I don't know why. I just like was like no change, <laughs> uh. and I'm like, ugh, how did I stick with that other stuff for so long? Which some people still love. I get it. It has its benefits, but a class will fly by um, when you're doing this other style of writing. And the music is just louder, and, and it's another thing I tell people all the time. Like, you know when I get off the bike and I'm cheering you on? I'm not just doing that because I want to cheer you on like it's hard and I want to stop and catch my breath. So if you're <laughs> riding the bike and you need to pause, like, maybe you don't get off the bike, but... You can slow down a little bit or you can accelerate a little bit and everything, again, can just kind of meet you where you are. Um, so, yeah, so we do the rhythm riding bar and those two and cycling are probably what dominate our schedule. Mm -hmm. And then we have some TRX classes. We have yoga and Pilates. So we try and offer a little bit, but probably really excel with the, the bar and the cycling classes. Yeah, and they're really fun classes, and like you said, challenging. Yeah. Especially the rhythm riding, the energy. Oh, my gosh. That's probably <laughs> the hardest cardiovascular <laughs> exercise class I've ever done. Yeah, and it's fun because you <laughs> add in all of these jumps, or I think, and I've taken classes all across the country from boutique studios that are local mm -hmm. to the franchises, and I know I'll sound like I'm elevating us, which I am. I think ours are some of the absolute hardest because yeah. we're not 
set on like this is what this class looks like mm -hmm. each instructor gets to kind of add in their own flair we obviously want to meet a certain standard um, but we have so much upper body movement with like the push-ups and the patterns and the jumps that like sometimes I blow my own mind I'm all oh, <laughs> oh, oh, let's oh, let's turn on the fans it's getting there <laughs> so it's fun though it's fun so do you have certain playlists and everything to coordinate some of the dance move spin mm -hmm. classes? Okay. Yeah. So every instructor and not everybody that teaches at body language teaches all of the classes. I have some people that only do spin. I have some people that only do bar. And then there's other people who like, there's a handful of us that are yoga certified. So they'll teach yoga. Um, there's a handful that do our bar and our cycling. So it's kind of varied, but um, what you probably are using as a playlist in bar will not be it's your like cycling so. one. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, yeah, it's even more hyped up than like a bar class. And then sometimes we'll do like fun rides. We call it our freak ride on Friday nights. And those are a little bit, um, yeah, like a theme. It might be a certain artist, a certain DJ, a genre, or different things like that. But everybody that teaches a cycling class has, again, a little bit more permission to be free in what they do. I set an expectation as far as, um, like, the flow of the class. Like, you can't have too many slow songs back-to-back, -back, or you can't just do the same move over and over, which none of the gals do that. But um, And then with a bar format, until they've been training or teaching for a while, mm -hmm. they kind of just memorize um, formats that I've already created. And we'll usually use like the playlist from that. And then once they have a really good like foundation and everything, then they can branch off as well. But a bar and create their own format. If they want yeah, but a bar format is pretty structured. There's like a little bit of wiggle room, but it's like a warm up, um, your plank work, your push ups, core work, arm work, thigh work, seat work, core work. Mm -hmm. And so, again, there can be some variance in that. But yeah, if I found out that one of my structures went way rogue I'd be like no 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 <laughs> let's let's pull that back in a little bit yeah. um just because by following that we give the body a really good opportunity to kind of be worked out head to heel that's and what so. I noticed so I used to live in Santa Fe actually mm -hmm. and I cannot remember the bar studio to save my life was it the one that was kind of like a little bit more um did they do like booty yoga and stuff too? Pretty, yeah. I she think had I, a, a bunch of different canvases. Yeah, I know which one, but I can't oh, think of man. it either. What is it called? Anyways, I would always go with my cousin, and it was very, I mean, it was still kind of leeway, but it was very structured. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, we're doing this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and you're beat by the end of it. it yeah. Was so nuts. Man, what is it called? Yeah, I unfortunately, I feel like they may have closed too, but did. yeah. Or either relocated or closed. Yeah. Or right next to the uh, coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it'll pop. It'll pop <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it gives people a chance to kind of learn things as well. So no instructor teaches the exact same format at the same time. So even if you went to a class every single day of the week, um, you should be taking a different format pretty much consistently and then we rotate about every five to six weeks so if you started my 
format on May 1st. By the middle of June, I'd be like, okay, we're done. And here's like a brand new format. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a chance to learn it so that you learn how to push yourself a little bit more into it. Um, and then it gives us a chance to layer on more challenges as well, like as we're progressing through it. Mm -hmm. And then we start all over again. <laughs> yeah. I love your formatting too because I mean you still have some flexibility depending on the class like you said but it's all obviously very effective like when we took class the other day I was sore after <laughs> so I it's too. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I saw Carrie one of your in instructors mm -hmm. shortly after that class I think is the next day and I told her I was like I'm so sore today yeah um, but it's very effective mm -hmm. and like you said it's attainable anybody at any level can do it yeah which I love so yeah. So, Monica, I know you shared some of your background. You started in healthcare and then transitioned to this. You said you still do some, a little bit of um, OT work on the side. Yes. Too? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I work still at the autism clinic, and then my first job out of school was at it was called Hill South, and now mm -hmm. it's Encompass Rehab. And I've been PRNing there for like a decade. Oh, really? So I still, I, I was that. just there this morning. Yeah. Cool. So it's weird, like random hours, like here, I'll give you two hours, four yeah. hours, six hours. But That's yeah. Cool. And I like to keep that little hat too, because yeah. it's just completely different from sure. anything else that I do. For sure. So you said you started at um, Body Language as a student. Yes. You went there. Mm -hmm. Um was that the first time you had done bar? Was that the first time you were introduced to bar? It was my very first thing, and I had no idea, like, what I was getting myself yeah. into. Either I just heard about it. I'm like, what is this bar thing? Yeah. And then, yeah, I showed up, and I'm not a person. I can't go into a gym and, like, put in my headphones and then just decide to really Work push that. myself. Yeah. Like, I need somebody else telling me, and then I need to yeah. look next to me and be like, okay, we're in this together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't really found that because I did sports like growing up and everything mm -hmm. else and then um I had kind of just toyed around with different things when I moved up here for even undergrad and everything else so when I found body language I was like oh like the time actually flies by like it's mm -hmm. hard but it goes by quickly it feels effective and so, yeah, and then I just, I knew one of the instructors right off the bat. I just happened to already know who she was. And then you get to know some of the other ones. And then I was like, let me know if you guys are ever hiring. And you just throw yeah. it out kind of like, like you don't know that it's actually going to yeah. happen. And then next thing I knew, I was like doing yeah, this weird interview. Place. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, <laughs> get out of here. I'm taking over. No, that was, again, truly never, ever, ever part of my plan. But I guess some of the best stuff is the stuff you don't plan for. So, yeah. yeah. Aside from your exercise science background and, of course, being an OT, did you come from any other, like, movement background? Or, like, were you a fitness instructor prior? Or was this your first time doing fitness teaching? Yeah. It was my first time doing teaching. I played soccer, still very casually play soccer, and I ran track. But as far as telling other people how to do things I had never really done that that's amazing you're so good at it well well now I've been doing it a very long time so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you would go back to the first class I taught a decade ago it might have been a different story but it feels and you don't really know although I'm sure sometimes maybe even like doing a podcast or something like you're still you but you kind of allow a different 
persona when you like yeah. put on a yeah. mic to teach. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. like attention outside mm-hmm. of the studio, but when I'm like there teaching a class, I'm like, you better be paying attention to me and like yeah. being loud and maybe sometimes obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and then you talk to me after class and I'm still super friendly, but I'm not going to be, I'm not like a woohoo gal, but catch yeah. me in a spin class and I'll woo be, all yeah. over you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally relate to that. You have like your PT or whatever the case is, hat and voice even. Mm-hmm. And then once you're out of that mindset, you're, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Totally. So, and then I think it's, yeah, you just do more. So and I'm now 500 hour yoga certified. And so, and then you take TRX trainings and this and that. And after a while, and sometimes while you're doing those trainings, you're like, I already kind of know this. So then it mm-hmm. builds up even more of your confidence. Yeah. And probably with the background and all the anatomy and stuff you have to do yeah. with my bachelor's and my master's, I felt like, no, I actually know what I'm talking yeah, about. 100%. This didn't come out of a manual that I yeah. spent one hour learning. Like, yeah, I spent sure. a lot of time actually learning this. So, for and sure. I just hope that that then translates to everybody I train from that point on and they have a little bit more to take with them too. So, yeah, yeah. So, I know that you all. Like, like you said, you all were the first bar studio here. Um, you all are local. You're not a franchise. Correct. Um, and with that, something that I think you all do that's super cool, I don't know if other places do this, you are like one of the only places or studios I know of that does this where you all go on retreats with your yeah. members. That's so Very cool. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, I think, kind of came up because I was like, I want to go somewhere. <laughs> 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 kind of. It was just like, and then other people, I think, I don't even know how our first one came to fruition. I think you just hear of other studios doing it Mm -hmm. or you follow such and such person on social media and you're like, they're hosting retreats. And and yeah, you kind of like dangle the information out to your (laughs) clients. And then if people actually start kind of like biting at it, then you're like, okay, well, let's do it. Um, I've learned a lot since my very first one. My first one was in Costa Rica and it was very much just like, we'll pick this place and blah, blah, blah. And it was not a bad experience, but like we weren't as close to the beach as like I wanted and the food, you know, there's just different things. And then you kind of learn from there and you get a little bit pickier and, but it's a super fun way. And again, a lot of the people that go on the retreats are return people. So Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, we're back here again together. And you get to keep like building those memories and then, Sometimes it's brand new people, but everybody becomes so like warm and welcome. Costa Rica every time? No. So Costa Rica was the first. We've now done three in, three in Tulum. Very cool. Um, I've done, I'll say one and a half because we're actually making it up because New Mexico weather is finicky. Um, a local place, it's called Kit Fox or Stay Kit Fox, which is just north of Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to glamp and it's not on a retreat with me, still check out Kit Fox because there are these amazing yurts and you sleep on like foam, whatever, Tempur-Pedic mattresses. (laughs) And the food that they prepare is from, again, it's like a partnership. So dig and serve. And they used to do like pop-up events, but it's all farm to table pretty much all locally sourced and I'm like okay yeah the classes they're gonna be okay but have you ever had the food like it'll you'll never want to eat anybody else's food ever again (laughs) so yeah we did that last year and then we were supposed to do it 
at the end of April, but there was 70 mile per hour winds and it was a little bit wild. So we'll be popping back out there another time to, to make that one up. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. So it's fun. It's again, just like, I'll put it out there. I'm going no matter what, how many people want to come <laughs> with me. So Belize is the next goal. Oh, oh that's going to be fun. Yeah. Be super cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so starting this bar class in the studio and everything, once you started working out there, um, ha- have you noticed any changes in your body at all? And if so, what was that that you can remember? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, and again, I understand now, again, with my background that sometimes we say this and it's like not true and I'm like get it out of your head but you just like memorize phrases from like growing up like I can't lift heavy weights I'll get too like bulky and blah and Mm -hmm. yeah anyways I do (laughs) genetically like I carry muscle pretty easily Mm -hmm. um so that is one of the things I loved about bar is it has kept me like fit but it's definitely more of like a lean-ish sort of muscle build um but uh, probably one of the biggest changes is when I started teaching and taking spin a lot more okay. um, because of the cardio. But again, we do so much dang work with the upper body on the bikes hmm. that people would be like, oh, Monica, like your deltoids, your back. I'm like, it's spin. I know that doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all, but I promise like it's spin because our heaviest weights and only a couple people use them are five pound weights. Most people are using two pound weights. It's still death. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> no, cause we go back to those tiny movements, but, um, mm-hmm. like even while being pregnant, um, like the midwives, cause I went through Darlu's, which is like a local birthing clinic. They're like, Oh, bar, like you're there's too much information for the podcast like your pelvic floor is going to be great like you're going to deliver and you're going to recover so well because you're constantly activating those muscles and that's what i hear a lot too honestly yeah bar class is beautiful for that type Mm -hmm. of thing and i have nothing to compare it to because i literally taught my classes up until the day i gave birth of both of my children so i never had to stop which was just fortunate because i know sometimes that's just not reality for women um, but yeah, I you mean, felt you were able to bounce back fairly quick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as, as yeah, as yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely appreciated the whole, like, give yourself six weeks. Cause yeah, without going into details, you're like, Oh, things are different. <laughs> like the first time you stand up. Um, but I felt just that body awareness. Sorry. Sorry. Listeners. Um, the body awareness and then just kind of knowing where to squeeze and then, yeah even just then pulling back into working out, like to already know how to modify how doing just enough is actually going to be more than enough rather than jumping into something super intense. Cause I couldn't imagine doing like a deep squat with a rat, like weight or anything like that. I'm like, Oh no, the squat, we're good right there. Um, but yeah, so back to the original question, I think spin has definitely changed me physically the Mm -hmm. most just with that cardio component and then the upper body stuff Mm -hmm. um but bar has always just kept things I feel like like soft in a good way like I guess maybe people don't want soft as a descriptor for their body all the time (laughs) but it's um yeah it's just like soft and tight so there we go <laughs> now I just feel like I'm talking about myself in a weird way but um yes be your old advertising right <laughs> yeah, there do you want to be soft, soft and, and tight, tight. <laughs> Come to body language. let me figure out what that means and then I'll use it as a, <laughs> in an advertisement and so what do you feel was the hardest thing taking on ownership 
I think initially it was that hesitancy of like how are people going to react to this because a new face essentially a mm-hmm. new and they all knew me but again I was like the instructor like I taught three or four classes a week I didn't I was like nice enough probably and mm-hmm. I guess just had my interactions but I never felt like I was like I will be the new face of body language or I am a face of body language right now um so that was part of it because I'm like, okay, they're leaving. And they, like, Valerie was amazing. She's the one who created the way that we teach bar specifically at the studio and then formulated her own way to do rhythm writing and stuff. So even though I've tweaked things slightly, like, she is that foundation and people, that's what they fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And she is, like, her own, like, tornado of, like, people get drawn into her sort of thing. So I was like, oh, I'm stepping into some, like, really big shoes, and we are not the same kind of personality or, you know. So I'm like, I hope that's not what people want because that's not going to work out. I can't be what I'm not sort of thing. 100%. But I think at her word even, if anybody had any doubts in my ability, she was hyping me up, like, behind the scenes. And, yeah, so the first little fear was just how do I not lose, like, half of our clients in the first month because they're like yeah no it's not the same anymore I don't want to do this um and then yeah it's after that it's just how do you stay like relevant without seeming fake sort of thing Mm -hmm. so again as other places were opening up and they run these specials or they do this thing and it's like we've never done that which it doesn't mean we can't evolve and maybe we shouldn't do things like that but I'm not trying to keep up with anybody else. I want everybody else to do what they're doing and be successful at it. How do I continue to just help us grow in what actually feels like natural progress as opposed to, well, they're doing it, we better do it too. Or they said that, so I'm going to say this as well and different things like that. So just mm -hmm, staying true, but not staying stagnant has been like the constant goal after that. And then, of course, you, like, throw COVID in there, which nobody expected. And then you're just like, oh, this is fun. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Exploding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. But, yeah. So I think, again, maybe sometimes it's not a false confidence, but it's kind of like, well, what what do I have to lose sort of? thing Mm -hmm. and so you just go in it doing the best that you can and hopefully people relate to that and And I feel like it's always a constant cycle of asking yourself that question yeah it's almost like every three months you're like well what do I have to lose yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. it's never ending it is never ever ending and how do you feel like where do you see the studio going in the future or do you what do you have brewing (laughs) near future well (laughs) we tried to open uh a new location actually and it was probably not the I think it was in my head I'm like this is gonna open right like when COVID is something we don't even talk about anymore and I don't know that COVID will ever be anything we don't talk about but I found the place and I fought to get this place and then I did all the stuff to get the loans and we had the architect and we literally like I wasn't being shy about it I'm like this is my goal you want to talk to me about it sure I'll tell everybody everything and then it didn't work out And that was like, boom, like a big 
like slap across the face because I'm like, no, but I'm being so intentional and passionate about it. And I've worked so hard to make it this far. And at some point you just have to stop and say, if I could have kept pushing forward and I know for a fact, if I would have, like, I wouldn't be doing your podcast because I wouldn't have a studio. Like at that point, it would have been me being stubborn Mm -hmm. and saying, oh no, I've come this far. I'm just going to keep going because otherwise I will feel like I failed. And even though I have recently publicly (laughs) said like I failed, um, (laughs) it doesn't feel like a failure. It feels like a really big learning lesson Mm -hmm. um, because I knew nothing, just like I knew nothing about running a fitness studio. I knew nothing about opening up and doing a build out from the bottom up and what that looked like and everything that went with it. Um, So although I might have to wait a little while now to pursue anything like that again, I know I know more and I know who's going to continue to support me if I choose to go down that avenue again. Mm -hmm. Um, And you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about people around you, the community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, shifting that idea of what failure is because Mm -hmm. we're not closed. I learned some stuff. I, yeah, I still made progress, even if it wasn't like the big leap that I thought it was going to be. And then lo and behold, I have so many clients that are like, really, Monica, I'm so glad that we're still exactly (laughs) where we are. And I'm all, okay. So again, I was, I think, listening to myself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I want this and we can be this and yada, yada, yada. And if I took that step back I'm like what we're doing is enough and now and you guys have seen the studio like I changed how the spin room looks I've put more art like this awesome friend of mine honor has done all of the beautiful yeah a girl named honor on Instagram if you're ever (laughs) looking for anything um so I just took literally what my vision was for over there and I've made as much of that come true in our current walls and and it still makes me happy to walk in there so yeah. I've noticed that with um, small studios or even small restaurants, locally owned type stuff, they're doing really, really, really well. Yeah. And their establishment is doing good, um, and they decide to open something else up, and then something else, and then something else, yeah. and then it just starts to dwindle, and then they have to close everything completely, and it's so sad. Yeah. Rather than, like you're saying, kind of stepping back from doing all of those things, learning what you needed to learn, maybe doing it some other time, but, like, knowing that it's not your time Exactly. Right now, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't feel afraid to attempt something down the road. I'll just again I know more to know when it would be the right time and which avenues and maybe that goes with everything in life all right yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly definitely super admirable I mean like Dasha just said with everything in life but also as fellow business owners I have so much respect for you even (laughs) thinking of that that's huge and Mm -hmm. um like as all three of us know owning a business is hard I always say it's the hardest thing I've ever done yeah also the most rewarding Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's really scary can be really scary taking big steps like that and figuring out well I've never done this before but I'm gonna do it anyways so I think that's very admirable. Well, thank so. you. <laughs> and I'm sure there's still bigger and even better things in the there future. There will be things. So, yes, yeah. there definitely will be. Yeah. 
So, well, Monica, we want to be respectful of your time, okay. so we don't want to keep you too much longer, but Dasha, <laughs> <laughs> you can read my mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> the ultimate question. Yes. The most important. Okay. So if you could pick three favorite animals, oh. what would they be and uh-huh. three reasons on why? Okay. I already know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Monkey. Elephant. Does dolphin get to go in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, monkeys. Well, I have like a weird nickname of monkey, which is weird. Two E's, not E-Y. Um, and I, they've been like my favorite animal since like childhood. Okay. And when I think about the monkey, <laughs> they're like pretty playful and fun, right? They're one of my favorite things within that whole family system to like watch at the zoo because they just screw around they seem to enjoy themselves they have no shame right like they'll pick their nose they'll do whatever (laughs) they're just like chilling having the best time ever um so a monkey elephants have become like my i guess maybe more adulthood favorite animal and they're just so smart and they seem so kind and they're so community driven um and even though they like are big and powerful. I feel like most of the time when you watch them on like natural geographic, there you go. It's um, like they only use that when they have to, like they're not the big bully of the anywhere. They're just Just kind of just when they need to do it. mm -hmm. Yeah. And then dolphins are also just extremely smart and playful. So they're kind of like all of it and they can be like little jerks when they need to and maybe (laughs) not always the nicest um but yeah their curiosity and then yeah they're like that nice combination of like community driven family driven playful smart all of that love that there's my animals yeah that's really great all right so the first one is um how you think about yourself okay that's the animal. That's yeah. that's your oh, monkey. Oh, yeah. okay. The second one is how people think about you. Oh. And the third one is how you really are. Oh, and wow. Cool. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to hold that with me. I like that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to ask the people because they don't, you know, you don't know what's coming, but it's so yeah. accurate, right? That was pretty <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Anything that you want to promote or just share in general? Um, Where do we find you? What's your address? Oh, yeah. 7321 San Antonio Drive, which is um, basically the northwest corner of San Antonio and Wyoming. So body language. Our website is bodylanguageabq.com. I think our Instagram is bodylanguage underscore abq. Um, one thing where that we're starting up, I don't know when this will air, so this one might be too late. Usually the last Sunday of every month, we're going to partner back up with Hollow Spirits, which is a local distillery. And we do bar at the bar once a month. Um, Ooh, all of fun. the, it's usually a suggested donation of $10 and all of the money usually goes to like a local cause or if there's something national or international. So like this one coming up this coming Sunday, all of the money is going up to a resource center helping with northern New Mexico fires. Um, So yeah, you can look for that. But typically the last Sunday of every month at 11 a.m. And we do that through like end of spring through summer and into fall with our friends over at Hollow Spirit. So if if you don't want to come into the studio or it doesn't work, but you want to take a fun, more casual bar class um, and donate to something good, bar at the bar. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. 
All right, Monica. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you, ladies. Of course.